If you've never listened to Womp It Up on Earwolf or just haven't checked in in a while, now's the time. Womp It Up is where everyone's favorite comedy bang bang intern, Marissa Wampler, Jessica St. Clair, and her co-host, Charlotte Listler, Lennon Parnum, give listeners a front row seat to the madness of the Marina Del Rey lifestyle. In every episode, Marissa and Listler interview a different colorful character from the world of the Marina Del Rey High School and give listeners relationship advice. Their latest guest is comedian Nicole Byer, who you might know from her Netflix show, Nailed It, or her podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? Listen to Womp It Up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Earwolf.com, or wherever you listen. Hey, PYHD listeners, Cameron here. First of all, I just want to say I have missed you. I can't wait to be back after tour. I know you've been in the very capable hands of Rhea Butcher. Speaking of which, this week I start my fall tour. So if you live in Chicago or Ann Arbor or Louisville, Kentucky or Bloomington, Illinois, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, New Cumberland, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Boston, Providence, Rhode Island, San Francisco, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., Denver, or St. Louis, please come see me. You can get tickets at CameronEsposito.com slash tour. Enjoy the show. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to let it. Your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? <laughs> You're like, I had the big whistle. That's all I got. Give it up for me. I'm your host, Rhea Butcher. I'm wearing a full outfit on stage because it's fall. <laughs> I, I am willing it into existence. I am wearing many layers. I don't need to be wearing all these clothes. I just don't, but I am. And I don't know, what is this jacket? It's not a color, it's not anything. I don't know. Sometimes it turns up purple in photographs. It's, I don't understand. Anyway, welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you for being here and thank you for choosing us over the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> Very deep into the Hollywood Bowl season. I don't know if you witnessed any of that traffic out front. Uh, I have been meditating lately because I live in Los Angeles and it's been long enough. And I was waiting at the light to go forward and realized like I was not going to get through. And if I try to go through, I was going to create a bigger traffic jam. So I just waited. And then there was this Audi trying to turn right. I got the green light. I waited for the car to move in front of me. It started to move forward. And then the Audi turned right. And I was like, what? you motherfucker <laughs> it, that is not how this works just literally screaming and then I was like wait a minute <laughs> you have logged a lot of hours on your meditation app <laughs> now you're not trying to gamify your life you're actually trying to change your life it's not about the hours it's about the practice and you're not practicing right now don't give that guy the finger <laughs> and I didn't very proud of myself for stopping at the horn I kind of did that on my bike today, too. And it was the first time I had to do that because I ride my bike to work. Thank you. I'm a hero. <laughs> I appreciate it. I am better than everybody. I'm not vegan, though, so I'm not better than everybody. Um, I did used to be vegan 
and drink like craft beer and improvise. So I was way more insufferable then than I am now. <laughs> but I ride my bike and there's a street that I go down that has a bank on it and there's always cars coming out of it. There's a ton of parts. It's just a bad spot and I'm always wary of it. And today was the day when somebody was pulling out and they couldn't see me and I was going at a good clip and I had to just go, hey, 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 And then they always look at you like you're an asshole because you sound like one. <laughs> but I don't have a horn and I also am not going to buy a bell that goes, a ding, ding. A ding, ding, because I'm trying to save my life. Also, the qu front quarter panel of your car. I really want to just, like, make a back patch for my bag that says, I assure you, I'm not trying to ruin your day. <laughs> Simply trying to improve mine. Um, give it up for all the comics that are here. We have a really great lineup tonight, as always. Yes. They're in the back. They can hear you. Okay, I talked about the Audi. Um, I've been noticing a, 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 a scary amount of people using FaceTime for just communication in general these days. Either we've all changed or I'm getting older. I think it's one and the same. Someone got called in the office today on FaceTime as though that's how they just interact with their partner all the time. Do you FaceTime all the time? Clap if you FaceTime all the time. Wow! <laughs> All right, I'm going to go walk into the ocean. <laughs> I, I mean, you must do it enough that you've gotten over the obstacle of every time it turns on, your face looks like this. <laughs> every time I open my stupid Instagram stories, I'm like, oh my God! <laughs> That's terrible. I can't wait till they get the technology good enough that when you open it, it just automatically puts a puppy on your face. But... <laughs> Your face looks, you're like a dying puppy. I'm trying to chill on social media because it's really bad for you. I don't know if everybody knows that. It's bad. It's incredibly bad. I used to call my phone my sadness machine. Still call it that. <laughs> Does it bring you joy? That's impossible. It's literally impossible for it to bring you joy. I try not to use Twitter too much because I got back on it for like literally 30 seconds and I was like, everything is terrible. <laughs> and if you don't look at it, you can realize that not everything is terrible. Those terrible things are still happening, but you're not mainlining them directly <laughs> into your brain. Brett Kavanaugh shouldn't even be a basketball coach. He shouldn't even... <laughs> he shouldn't even be allowed in a carpool. He shouldn't be allowed in a car, and he shouldn't be allowed in a pool. He shouldn't be allowed to do anything. Oh, it's awful. It's really bad. And the thing about this that drives me crazy, that drives me wild, whatever, whatever! I'm losing my mind about it. Well, there's many things. I can't nail it down to one thing. It's, it's funny to me that everybody's like, <laughs> Murkowski and Collins, uh, hello. <laughs> it's your job to do the right thing. Why is it that we're only always picking on these two women to do the right thing when there are a shit ton of pieces of shit male Republicans who don't do the right thing at all and are like, bye. <laughs> and then everybody's like, what's wrong with them? They're Republicans. What do you expect? Do you think because they're women, they magically know? They're white! Am I the only one paying attention? 
I don't know. Everybody knows people like Brett Kavanaugh, right? Yes. Everybody. We act like this is such... What? Come on. Come on. I hung out with guys that were like that. Come on. We all have. It's ridiculous that anybody's acting like this is new information. It's shocking to me. And in 2018, one of them is going to get on the Supreme Court. And we expect those two women who just never batted an eye to any of this behavior to go, (laughs) I'm going to stop this thing. (laughs) They're not going to do it. (sighs) And neither is that idiot in West Virginia either. He's in GQ. Joe Manchin is in GQ holding a hot dog. (laughs) We're totally fucked. And I don't say that to make everybody think, oh my God, this is a comedy show. What is this person talking about? I say that because... We have to, like, enjoy our lives because that's literally the only way that we can make them hate theirs. (laughs) That's it. They don't give a shit how mad we get and how angry we get. They aren't in our houses, in our relationships, in our friendships where we're losing our minds at each other every day and decentering our privilege and bringing up bullshit that's making us all angry. They're not there. They're at home on their gold-plated pillows, driving their Audis, turning right when it's not their turn. (laughs) The only way. And I know I sound like a hippie from the canyon, but that's why they live in the canyon. (laughs) The only way is to live our lives happy, with a smile on our face, taking care of each other. That's the only way that that asshole isn't going to ruin our lives because he's going to try. Oh, boy, he's going to try. But if we don't let him, guess what? He didn't do it. Thanks for not going to the bowl tonight. (laughs) Speaking of assholes that have ruined lives, Bill Cosby is going to prison. I hope more assholes that have ruined lives also go to prison. Uh, just, to, I mean, there's 60 women, 60 women, 60 women, 60 human beings, 60 people, 60 people have been uh, affected, their lives shattered by that human being and his uh, violence. And I only bring it up because I know everybody, you know, it's, it's happening. And like, what, two weeks ago? That felt like two years ago. We were like, Jeffrey Owens works at Trader Joe's. I, I, you know what? I'm worried about the other guy. Just a little bit more. But I, this is not comedy. I just wanted, well, I mean, he's a comedian. So that's why I'm talking about it. Um, <laughs> I read Andrea Constance's full statement today. Uh, and it's on my Twitter feed. You can find the whole thing. And I highly recommend you read the whole thing because it's not actually about, it's not graphic at all. It's just a person talking about what their life was like and then what their life became. And I think that's what we miss so often in this conversation. It's all clickbait and did he do it? Is it that bad? Well, come on, why did you go? All those questions. And when you read that, it's really about someone's life here and then someone's life here. And that's the conversation that we should be having, not his life, because his life was here and now it's there. And he made that decision, not any of those people that he affected. He alone, him, not his wife, not his family, 
not his lawyer. He made that choice. And now he is an old blind man who has to live in prison. And that is what should happen. <laughs> that is what should happen. So it is sad. But I, I, I wish you would read what she said because she says she looks forward to looking forward. And that is why she said something. And all these other women, all these other people, all these other human beings have now felt like my life was like this, my life became this, and now my life can maybe be this. And that's what all of this is about. Helping each other not live here anymore. And we can live in the moment and we can move forward and we can look forward to looking forward. So, this isn't funny at all. <laughs> and I didn't plan on saying any of this shit. But I just think the only thing we can do is help each other, read what each other's saying, and care about each other. That's it. Also, please fucking vote. And please fucking vote for elected officials that you think are going to do the things they're telling you they're going to do and the things you want them to do. Because it is not our job to interview Brett Kavanaugh and take on all of this shit. It's actually the people that you go into a booth and press a button and say, you fucking do it. You said you wanted to do it. You do it. It's supposed to be their job. <sighs> I do have one story that I think is funny, and I'm going to tell it very quickly. <laughs> I played baseball this weekend. If you don't know me, I play baseball a lot. I love baseball a lot. I've been playing very well lately. People don't usually, usually say shit like that, especially people who were born with uteruses. So that's why I'm saying it. I've made some changes. I breathe different th th through the games. I have not struck out in three weeks. In three weeks! I've gotten out, but I've hit the ball every time. I hit the ball Sunday so hard and so loud, I almost went, whoa! <laughs> I just, like, made some changes, stayed in the game, had a different attitude. And so me and my team have been having a wonderful time. And my team is primarily dudes. There are some women on the team, but it's primarily dudes. And I love them. I love them so much. They're kind dudes that have been through some shit and they're trying to change their lives and make their lives better. And they see that I'm a person that's trying to make my life better. And we see each other. It's the dudes we are. And it makes me feel great. And I go play baseball with them. And so we went to play baseball in this field. We've had to get permits. It's a nightmare. It's bureaucratic red tape. People being like, I own this shit. It's terrible. So we start playing this game. We're supposed to start at 10. We start an hour late. All of a sudden, in like the right field, a bunch of 10-year-old boys show up. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible, full stop. That could be the end of the story. And you're like, oh. <laughs> I'm terrified. They start practicing and expanding and taking up more and more space. And I'm like, just, you know, just be now. Everything's fine. You're here, someone else will take care of it. You don't need to be mad about it. If you get mad, then you're just mad. They're, then they're, they're not mad, you're mad, then you're not having a good time, so don't get mad. Don't get mad. And then they just keep expanding, expanding. Then finally somebody, I went like this to them, and then one of the little boys goes, Ugh. and I was like, no! <laughs> this is not happening again! 
so then somebody on the other team, uh, like I, they came over and I was like, come on, man, we're trying to play a game here. And the dad, the, this dad with like chains, he's like, CYO league. This is a CYO league and we own this field. And we said, from what time? And he goes, one to five. And we said, what time is it? And he said, 1230. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, <laughs> get off the field. And then he still wouldn't get off the field. They put on digital camo jerseys to play flag football. And then another guy on the other team was like, look, man. And he like talked to him. Uh, this other guy on the other team was a black gentleman. I could see in their faces that they were like, we don't talk to black people very often. We are afraid to do anything. <laughs> And so he got the job done. And then they expanded it even more. And I was like, what the fuck? And then my friend goes, what the fuck? And we both ran over there. And it was just like the most ridiculous thing. They walked onto the field, put cones on it, all this shit. It's not as funny as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was basically just a bunch of Republican dads, like failed high school football dads, putting cones in a bunch of mid-30s, 30-year-olds baseball games. It was the most ridiculous fight you could probably have on the planet. Like, we, we are in our mid-30s. We've purchased uniforms. We're called the Biscuits. And not after the food. After somebody's cat. I want to be like, just let me have this, man. Thank you. Thank you for letting me just have that, man. It'll be funnier one day. Are you guys ready to have the show start? Because that wasn't the show. That was just me hanging out. That's, that wasn't the show just now. That was just me, like, hanging out on stage. That's supposed to be a joke. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the show to start? I'm ready for the show to start. I'm not going to take your applause away for you. Let's do it even bigger than that. It was my fault. One more time. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And you can keep it going for our first comic, Brendan Scannell! Hi, what's going on? Much longer sweater than you thought it was going to be, am I right? Much longer sweater, right? The Gwyneth Paltrow of comedy, maybe? <laughs> right? The woman peering through a screen door of comedy, right? <laughs> Where's my child look of comedy? <laughs> it's nice to be here. I bought this. I, f I blame this look on Trump right now, too. I feel like when Trump was elected, every gay was just like, I'm going to wear something flowy for the next four years. <laughs> right? And every woman with a master's degree was like, I'm a witch. <laughs> right? Right? Before Trump, just a woman getting her higher ed degree. You all know her. Afterwards, full witch. <laughs> we have two sisters, one with a PhD, one with a master, oh, she, a law degree. They are just full on hexing him all <laughs> the goddamn time, and it's not working. Beth, ah. This is, uh, I'll talk more about the sweater that nobody in the podcast listening can see. <laughs> This is what they call Heige. Have you guys heard of Heige? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was a white woman's voice. Yeah. 
Heike's Danish for comfy. <laughs> Heard about this? It was like French people were like, yes, we imported the food, you you know, and the Swedish people were like, uh, Ikea, and Danish people are like, what's our thing? Being comfy. <laughs> Hanging out around the fire, wearing a big old sweater with my boyfriend, Tad. That's... <laughs> It's nice to be here. I feel like uh, identity is really important right now. Uh, a lot of people want to know your identity, where you identify, and sort of the um, you know, race power structure. So just to be very clear, identify as white. Give it up. <laughs> identify as queer. We're reclaiming it. You all know that. And identify as a 50-year-old novelist named Lorraine. You know? <laughs> Like, yes, I'm coming to the protest, but first I gotta finish these pages, <laughs> right? I have two adult sons. They are both so mean to me, right? <laughs> I summer by the cape, but I won't say with which one, right? <laughs> Identify as a rich woman, just taking lots of baths. <laughs> I'm from Indiana originally. Can't tell from my blank eyes. Are you from Indiana too? Oh, that's not the same thing, girl. <laughs> I know the education system, there's shit, but those are not the same state. <laughs> That's a different part. I'm from Indiana originally. A lot of people from LA have never been to Indiana, and so when I say it, they'll be like, oh, what was that like? And I feel like I just turned into like a full handmaid. <laughs> just like, Indiana, it's cup at the run of a float. <laughs> Blessings to you and the virile man of your life, right? Indiana's been in the news a lot recently because Mike Pence is from Indiana, if you didn't know that. Mike Pence, love him, love her. Uh, and so for the past two years, I've felt like, I've kind of felt like that guy who you went to college with who like knew bands before you did, you know? Like where you'd be like, oh my God, have you heard of the Weepies? Dating myself. If you're <laughs> One solid woo for the Weepies. <laughs> Like, have you heard of the Weepies? And this guy's like, yeah, I actually saw the Weepies like three years ago at a private show. And it's like, thank you, Brent. We love that you're part of the group. You dated Abigail and somehow stuck around and we thank you for it. <laughs> Except for it's people being like, Brendan, did you know that Mike Pence is a bigot? And it's me being like, yeah, Mike Pence actually did conversion therapy on me. So <laughs> this is my wife, Bethany. <laughs> We have the same initials, so we only need one set of monogram towels now! <laughs> Still trying to figure out how to do that joke without hurting myself. <laughs> I, uh, oh, there was just a nice sigh there. Oh, I'm single. Not setting a joke, just feels like a very lovely crowd. Might be one gay guy here, maybe. I just broke up with my boyfriend. We were together for three months, which is 21 months in gay year months. <laughs> it was years. You know, men are dogs, that sort of thing. Right, ladies? <laughs> Never looked a woman in the face, but I respect your energy. <laughs> Thank you. Tiffany? Okay. <laughs> being single and, and being a gay guy is hard. It's hard in LA because you have to be hot. And um, did someone just scream or was that my own brain? <laughs> Having a full panic attack up here. Leaning on this, if I let go of this, collapse. 
It's hard because gay dating in LA can feel very businesslike. Like I was starting to hang out with this new guy, have some nice feelings for him. So I sent him my version of a sext, which was, hey, what are you up to tonight, mister? <laughs> Sexy. And this guy texted me, busy, thanks for reaching out. <laughs> I know, I was like, thanks for reaching out. Have your people contact my people. See if they can pencil you into my butt. If you didn't laugh at that, you're a bigot. <laughs> Bigotry. <laughs> I um, almost just tripped, but didn't. For those of you listening at home, solid whistle. You know what I'm going to do today? Whistle later. I feel so relaxed. I was nervous, and in this sweater, I just feel nothing can harm me. <laughs> What else is happening? Do you guys catch the traffic here? Yeah, it was pretty bad, right? I didn't, I, uh, I lifted here. Anybody else play, ever play that game? I got in a lift recently and, you know, I totally respect someone trying to make a living and trying to figure out how to make it work. Maybe probably working like six jobs. Uh, America's a crumbling democracy and we don't pay our workers enough. But this guy, I mean, come on, I'm about to tell you something that denigrates him. Um, <laughs> So I got in my lift, and he was just like, he turned back, obviously, in a full tracksuit. And he goes, hey, what's up, man? My name's Jonathan, but you can call me Liam. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to call you nothing. <laughs> I'm going to sit back here and treat you like a driverless car. <laughs> but I like Lyft because it lets me get around L.A. with like my face and my phone without being a menace to society. Because you know we're all texting and driving constantly. It's... To a point where it's like, I'm not texting and driving, I'm browsing and driving. <laughs> like, I got pulled over for it, and this cop was like, I saw what you were doing on your phone. And I was like, what, reading the New York Times? <laughs> you guys are problematic. <laughs> One ticket? Thank you. But when you get a ticket for texting and driving, uh, you have to go to traffic school, and at traffic school, they show you all these PSAs where teen girls get in car accidents and die, and they're always, like, texting their mom, like, made the team, smash. <laughs> or, like, you get the popcorn, I'll get the tickets, dead, Abigail's face on the ground. And I'm like, this is very interesting. I love learning through narrative, you know? <laughs> our oldest way of teaching lessons, but this is not my narrative. Like, I'm going to die Googling macaroons. That's how I'm going to go. Like, not even where to find macaroons, just midday. I need to look at a row of pretty cookies right now. Okay, thanks so much. I'm Brendan Skiddell. Frustrated by decades of discomfort and puzzled by the lack of innovation in intimate apparel, Brie McKean founded Evelyn and Bobby to make smart, functional products that do the job. Evelyn and Bobby rejects outdated assumptions in order to create beautiful, purposeful products to make women's lives better. Evelyn and Bobby's women-led intimates company is rooted in technology and the celebration of the natural form and exists to deliver solutions for real life. It's the best underwear ever, guaranteed. Evelyn and Bobby is made just for you. Their unique softness combined with smooth, flat seams offers a fit so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing them. And because nude is not one color, Evelyn and Bobby's complexion palette was scientifically developed to match a full range of skin tones to seamlessly blend under light-colored clothing. Evelyn and Bobby comes in three silhouettes, thong, bikini, and girl short, with four-way stretch that moves with you. 
Evelyn and Bobby is a wonderful company. Happy to work with them. They make great products for great people. That's you. Visit EvelynBobby.com and use code PYHT to get a free pair of knickers with any purchase. That's a $28 value only when you use code PYHT at EvelynBobby.com. That's E-V-E-L-Y-N-B-O-B-B-I-E.com. Visit to get your knickers today. Run and skin out, everybody. Let him hear it. <laughs> it's very funny because gay men and lesbians are very different, but also not at all. You know what I mean? Because it's 2018 and we're all queer and everybody's like taking poppers and stuff, so it doesn't matter. It's like everybody's wearing leather jackets, everybody's a daddy, like everything is everything, so there's kind of no difference. That's like the whole queerness thing. It's just like, great, cool. <laughs> We're all in this room. Got it, perfect. <laughs> We're just all wearing leather. Got it, all right. But today, my friend in my, at my job is a, is, a, is a gay male comedian. That's his identity. He's a gay man, and he told me a story about how once he was having a hookup with another gay man, and they were supposed to hook up at Starbucks because Starbucks has a onesie bathroom. And they each went to a different Starbucks. (laughs) And the guy was like, where the fuck were you? I'm back at my job. And he was like, I was at Starbucks. And he was like, I was at Starbucks. That would never happen to lesbians because we would go to the local organic. (laughs) All right, Brendan Scannell, one more time. Let him hear it. Also, Brendan, I lived in Indiana for a while, so I feel your pain. I have a tattoo of Ohio, and once I was buying something there, and the woman was like, is that Indiana? (laughs) I was like, no. (laughs) I gotta get out of Indiana. Great. There it is. There's my joke. It's not really a joke, because I think I forgot part of it. Anyway, are you ready to keep the show going? We have so many amazing comics that are gonna keep telling you jokes. And this next comic, friend of the show, we love it when he stops by. Please keep it going for Barry Rothbart. I just wanted to be silent for a while for people listening on the podcast to be like, what's he doing? Why is everybody laughing? Is he stupid looking? Does he look dumb? (laughs) I'm going to change to a different podcast. Everybody at the same time, name your top 30 favorite podcasts. Go. (laughs) Yeah? Okay. For those listening at home, he t- <laughs> they did it. Everybody did it. Everybody did it, right? <laughs> Look at this guy. Um, I mean, what are, we, what are we ringing here? Jesus. I'm glad uh, you guys uh, saved those seats for my parents. Um, still haven't showed up. I just picture one day I'm going to be having this like really mediocre set. One day. (laughs) It'll happen. Um, 
and uh, like like in those karate movies from the from the eighties, all of a sudden my dad's gonna show up, and then I'm gonna be like, "Fuck yeah, time to bring the A stuff." And it'll be weird because he's been dead for about ten years, so. He died of my comedy, so <laughs> I'm kidding. He died of pedophilia, which is really weird. Chased a kid off a bridge. Um, um, <laughs> I'm, I, 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 I'm a... <laughs> Shut up, guys, what's so funny? Is this short? Is this shirt too short? I'm just gonna do jokes that people can't enjoy unless they were here. This shirt is like crazy short on me, right? Uh, no. Okay. I I'm done with people explaining CBD to me. <laughs> Fuck you. Shut up. <laughs> Whoa, it's like not at all. It doesn't do anything, but it does everything. Shut up. Every time you ask me, it's like, what, does it get you high? And they're like, no. <laughs> and then you're like, does it not get you high? And they're like, it gets you high everywhere. <laughs> and you're like, what are you talking about? Is it weed? No, it's not weed. <laughs> well, what is it? It's weed. <laughs> is it less expensive than weed? It's four times the price. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Why is it four times the price? Because it's CBD. I have a store where I sell only CBD and prepaid calling cards. <laughs> I don't, uh, I feel like I, I, I will just give you my money and I'll just trust that CBD is good. It's like Bitcoin. It's just like, just shut up. Take my money. I want you to have it, you know? I was at a party and my friend offered me a CBD cookie. He was like, hey man, do you want a CBD cookie? And I was like, all right, yeah, it does nothing, so... <laughs> It's weird that you called it a CBD cookie. You could have just called it a cookie. Like a cookie that kind of relaxes you a little bit. And I ate the cookie, and then we had a conversation that I could only describe as, hey, uh, hey man, there's also CBD in that cookie. Uh, there's also THC in that cookie. And I was like, what? Why didn't you say that before I ate it? And he was, I'm like, how much CBD, THC? How much THC? And he was like, ah, <laughs> and he walked away. <laughs> ah, what do you do? I couldn't puke it. I'm afraid of puking. <laughs> so then I got higher than I've ever gotten. I haven't been like really high in a while because usually when you smoke or do it other ways, you could be like, ah, that's how much is good. But in edible, it's like, I, I'm not, I'm done with edibles. It's like, what am I going to just fucking gamble with my day? Like, every time you have an edible, it's like, here, try this edible. Either you'll be high not at all or for 15 hours of terror. No, girl's supposed to eat a half of an eighth of a third of a quarter of an eighth of a half, half of an eighth of that jelly bean. What are you doing? You're going to die of weed. Why? Why are you doing this, Harold? Why? So I... I got higher than I've ever gotten, and what occurred, what occurred to me that it has never occurred to me before is that weed is the only drug where when you do too much of it, you're the only person who knows. <laughs> That's not like other drugs. 
Like you do too much alcohol, it's like, look at that guy. He drank too much. He has blood on his face. Or like, that guy did too much heroin. He's dead. I knew him. But it's like weed? It's like, really, you did too much? You just watched the movie. No, I was in my own personal hell. Were you? You like had fun stuff to say all night. No, I thought I was going to die for sure. I thought I was dead at some point. You met my mom. I thought your mom was going to kill me. I was going to kill your mom. You were going to kill my mom? What are you saying? You drove home for 45 minutes. Yeah, it's weed, not alcohol. (laughs) Do you think anyone's ever said, man, this homemade jewelry thing really worked out? (laughs) I was watching. (laughs) People have weird jobs. I want to be a cult leader. That's like the job I want. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel like I was watching a Wild Wild Country. Have you guys seen that on Netflix? Big big Wild Wild Country heads here. Cool. I liked Osho. He was my favorite character. <laughs> I feel like what I learned is to be a cult leader, really all you have to do is go like this and walk really slowly. And then you have to just look at everything but nothing. And then you have to smile a little bit, like you're remembering a joke last, from last week. Like, uh. <laughs> and then you just have to ask a question like you just woke up from a head injury. <laughs> why, why is it that we are? <laughs> Where are we? Why am I here? <laughs> I, one day want, I want to see a high-energy cult leader one day. It's like, yo, what's up? Who wants to get some saving? Who? Yo, in the back. Anybody? All right, here's the deal. All the women have to fuck me. <laughs> Wait, what? All right. This has been fun. Um, oh, I have another joke I want to try. Um, I feel like there should be a Shazam, but for what gave you food poisoning. (laughs) You know, when you're like, what was it? You could just poop on a phone. (laughs) And then you wipe it off, and it's like, oh, uh, tapas. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I thought it was warm clams. (laughs) Uh, Isn't it crazy that not one home printer has ever worked once? Why has not not one ever worked in the history of home printing? You figure it would work one time. Um, That's the thing. It's like my mom now solely asks me computer questions that I don't understand. Like, that's the thing. When you become an old person in this day and age, I think it's it's weird because you're going to die never knowing what computers are. You know, pretty much. Like, she called... I wish McAfee antivirus knew how much they were ruining my mom's life. (laughs) She calls up. She's like, where's my McAfee? What? They want $40. Why does McAfee want $40? Where's the box? Um, Okay. This has been fun. Thank you, guys. Very rough part, everybody. Let him hear it. (laughs) My, My dad got a new computer, and it's just the screen. And so he's like showing it off to me 
Also, I made the mistake. Don't ever use your divorce dad's computer. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I'll just Google something really quick. And I put in the letter B and then it auto-populated boobs. And it was probably the worst moment in my entire life. And I've had some pretty bad moments in my entire life. People have died. I've been very sick. But when I saw that my dad had opened Google one night and gone, boobs. <laughs> I, I learned a lot. It was a mirror into my soul and his. <laughs> but he, was, he could not get his computer to work. And so I was like, fine, because then I don't have to talk to him. But also, I can just talk to him with authority. And I like that. So I was like working on his computer trying to fix it. I was like, I can't figure this out. He took it th- here, took it there. Come to find out, the problem was he had plugged in a camera and then just went doink and took it out and walked away. And then his whole computer didn't work and he couldn't look up boobs anymore. <laughs> Barry Rothbard, everybody. Boobs. Okay. I just had to get that out. I lived in Indiana before. I have a tattoo of Ohio on my wrist. I was buying something and the cashier goes, is that a state? And I said, yes. And she said, is that Indiana? And I said, I gotta get out of Indiana. That's the joke. I remembered. Thank you. I am a professional. Professionals get second chances. Are you ready for more show? I'm ready for more show. This next comedian, friend of the show. We love it when she stops by. Give it up for Laura Prangley, everybody. Thank you. I feel like you guys can look at me and guess how many pictures of succulents I have in my phone. Any guesses? Any? No? I I literally can't count how many. Like thousands at this point. Uh, it's good to be here. I've been in Los Angeles for three years. I had to move from New York. I knew I had to move because my nephews came to visit. I have a, I had a nephew who's two and four years old, and they didn't come to visit like by themselves. My <laughs> sister came with them, and as soon as they walked into my Brooklyn apartment, they just started freaking out. They were opening every drawer, running around, opening doors, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm the worst on. I go, Austin and Mason, what are you guys looking for? And they said, we're looking for the rest of your house. (laughs) Which is a kid's way of saying, get your shit together. Get some storage in your life. Uh, But I'm here. I like it a lot here. I'm now surrounded by people that say things like, my New Year's resolution is to drink more water. (laughs) That's not a resolution. Uh, That's a survival mechanism. That's I survive. People love to say this. They're like, I can tell you're from the East Coast. Like, you have such East Coast sensibility. Like, do you guys get, like, people love saying, yeah, East Coast sensibility. I don't know what that means. I think it's, like, the polite way of calling someone poor. (laughs) Which is like, oh, it looks like you work for what you get. (laughs) You're like, okay. (laughs) Um, I'm from Maryland. I have three sisters and a brother. And when we were all younger, my dad gave us the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad which is a great financial book, but he also gave us the book 1,001 Freebies and Cheapies. So we're like, oh no, you're the poor dad. <laughs> that's, 
sucks. <laughs> my oldest sister is like your typical type A oldest sibling. Like she's just so on top of life. She has her own private wealth company. She wakes up at five in the morning. She does like Ironmans, triathlons. She has three kids in a six pack. She just has her shit together. It's a little overwhelming. So every time I'm home, she of course wants to do like the coolest new thing. She's like, oh my God, Lara, when you're home, we have to do an escape room together as a family. Like it would be so fun. You guys know what this is, right? Where you pay to escape a room. It's like middle class at its like finest, you know, like just middle class boredom. Um, I'm like, Katie, I don't know if you know this, but mom and dad's divorce was my escape room. I live 3000 miles away. I got out for free. (laughs) You should do it. But my dad told us we could be whatever we wanted to be in life. And I believed him. I really did. I used to wear the shirt. Soccer is life. The rest is just details. The details turn out to be things like rent and student loans and asking for a haircut for Christmas. The details are real. But I've always have this I've always had this fantasy of taking care of my parents one day and just like making a ton of money. So I had this job opportunity that came up to work in Silicon Valley. And I don't know if you've ever found yourselves in situations where you're like, oh, that sounds amazing. And then almost immediately you're like, that was a bad decision. <laughs> that was this. So uh, the day before I started, my future boss um, calls me up and she's like, hey, Laura, I'm going to need to know your weight. I was like, okay, this has never happened in a professional situation. She's like, yeah, we're going on a, hum- uh, a hot air balloon ride, a company retreat, hot air balloon ride, and I- I'm just going to send you a Google document, and I need you to fill out your weight, okay? I'm like, all right, wow. Uh, so she sends me this Google document. The whole company, all my future colleagues are in there, like, filling out their emergency contact information, and it gets to the weight category, and the cells are just blinking, and everyone's like what do we do in the back of my head? I'm like, this is a life or death situation. So I was like, I got to step it up. And for the first time in my life, I was like, all right, I'm giving my real weight. I've literally never done this in my life. Um, so I, I put my real weight in there and, um, everyone died that day. I was the only one to survive. I had a really good landing. I think it's cause my soccer thighs, uh, it's just, so it sucks. I don't work there anymore. Um, but I'm still 125 pounds. So that's, it's, it's been great. Um, I also got married three years ago. All right. Two people, girls are like, fuck you. I don't care. I don't know who you are. Um, they call their first year of marriage, uh, your paper anniversary. Do you guys know this? And you exchange gifts in the form of paper. But isn't every year the paper anniversary when you marry for money? Pretty sure. Cool. Um, I highly recommend living together before you get married because you just learn so much about each other. For me, I thought I was the normal person, but I realize there's this one thing that I do. I'm going to tell the secret because a lot of girls do this. It's that when we're in the shower, because we shed a lot of hair, we'll put it up on the wall so that it doesn't clog the drain. And then when you're done with it, you collect it, throw it in the trash can so no one ever has to see that. Unless you're a piece of shit, you leave that up there. (laughs) Or at a hotel, those aren't your pipes, you know? You're paying. (laughs) I should have warned him about this. Like, I have three sisters, so my whole childhood was just one big hairball. Like, 
I have memories of my dad being like, everyone get in here. And he's like pulling out hairballs out of the drain. He's like, this is my weekend. Stop. Every weekend I do this. And then he just like disappears in our station wagon somewhere for like an hour. Just coping with this. I think of this memory like once a week. (laughs) I feel so bad for him. I should have warned him about this. He has no sisters, you know? He walks in one morning. This was like day two of us living together. He like walks in one morning. He's like so adorable. He's like, hey, have a nice day. What the hell is that? And I was like, what are you doing in here? And I felt like what it was like to be like an 11-year-old boy and you're masturbating and your mom walks in on you. I was like, this is my alone time for me and my hairball wall. I'm making art. I'm making Van Goghs. You can make like beautiful stuff. Oh man, I'll um, I'll leave you guys on this. I I'm worried I'm becoming pretty LA though. Like you guys are like, yeah, we see your knees. Your knees are exposed. You're so LA. No, um, I'm worried I'm becoming really LA because um, I'm doing things like drinking kombucha now that I didn't do that three years ago. Um, you guys in a kombucha? <laughs> cool. Um, so I was drinking one, um, this was like the third one I ever had. So I was like all confident. I opened it and exploded everywhere. It went all in my lap. A lot of it went inside of me (laughs) a lot. (laughs) And I was like, is my vagina probiotic now? Like what? (laughs) Should I start having kids? (laughs) Is this what it is? But I was like, or is that what East Coast sensibility is all about? (laughs) All right, cool. That was a new tag. Maybe I'll try one more thing before I leave. Um, I've been on birth control for like 15 years. Give it up for that. There are some people that run into that, and we'll talk after. Um, but uh, it's working out so far. Um, I went with the pill. Uh, the pill, you know, you're supposed to take at, you know, the same time every single day to make sure it's effective unless you're trying to be a little sneaky, you know? Um, I chose 8 p.m. because I was like, that. I don't know, I'll be awake. I, I know I'll be awake, um, which is also a weird time because it tends to be dinner time. Um, so this has happened to me a few times where I'll try to, like, sneak it under the table and someone will be like, oh, hey, can I get a breath mint? And I'm like, this will actually prevent breath altogether. <laughs> But yeah, you probably need it. Thank you so much, guys. My name's Laura. I love my Tomboy X underwear. They're my favorite underwear. I literally wear them every day. So you should try them out because it's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. Underwear with more frills than function. Underwear your mom got you to fem you up. It's time to wear underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. Tomboy X. Tomboy X has everything from bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts to soft bras and razorback bras, all in everyday basic colors and fun seasonal prints, and all with options from extra small to 4X. So, regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody can feel comfortable in. Go to TomboyX.com slash hands together and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. Put your hands together, listeners. We'll get an extra 15% off with the code hands together. Again, just use the code hands together for an extra 15% off. So ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash hands together. I used to also take birth control. That's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I did take it, because there's, 
for anybody that doesn't know about birth control, there's like five placebo pills because you only need to take it for however many days minus whatever. I don't do math. I never remember when my period is. I don't know. I just took the pills, okay? And if you don't take the placebos and you just keep taking it, then you never have a period. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> what? You mean I get to be 12 forever? <laughs> fuck yeah. I took mine at 9 a.m. So I was like, I probably won't be hungover. I was always hungover. <laughs> anyway, Laura Prangley, everybody. Let her hear it. All right, we got two final comedians on the show. Are you ready? You feel good? I feel good. This next comedian, another friend of the show. And guess what? He has an album coming out October 12th. So look for that. And please give it up now for Joe Semmerman. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back here. I uh, What a good looking young crowd. I don't think I'm old, but I did recently feel an urge to identify a bird. I was like, is that an Oriole? What is happening to me? I, I met a professional bird watcher. He had turned pro. Um, and he's, he's an American, lives in Guatemala, gives professional birding tours. 400 bucks, he'll show you 30 new species. I was like, that sounds like a fun job. He goes, well, you get a lot of guys swinging their dicks around. <laughs> In bird watching? He goes, yeah, because there's 9,000 total species. Everybody wants to tell you their number and then ask you yours. And he's like, me, I don't keep track of my number. And I could tell he did. He was just insecure about his bird number. <laughs> and it made me realize there must be big deal bird watchers. They're at the Audubon party. They're like, oh, you don't know who I am? That's actually refreshing. Um <laughs> Stuart Axelrod, I've seen all 9,000 birds twice. I, I actually saw the Australian night parrot, so I added a bird. <laughs> you know, I try to stay humble. Do you know how bird watchers verify that they've seen a bird? They just say they saw it. <laughs> it is an honor system. <laughs> I am a straight white male. I know that's not as good anymore. <laughs> I feel like men, we need a rebrand, you know, because women had the empowerment movement. Women are strong. Women are fierce. Hear us roar. That worked great. I feel like men need a disempowerment movement <laughs> at this point. We need something to march for, you know. Men are weak and emotional and crave human connection. <laughs> Come on, fellas, hold my hand. <laughs> Let's march. I could be the spokesman. I cried three times at Lady Bird. That's true. <laughs> I like cake pops, but that's a hard thing to admit at a Starbucks. <laughs> I have to pretend like it's my first time noticing a cake pop. I'm like, huh, what's that? You know, I guess I'll try a dozen cookie dough cake pops <laughs> for the first time. 
Every time it's a male barista and I order cake pops, they'll giggle. I'll have a cake pop. They're like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that your company offers a product <laughs> that I enjoy. You could have called it a man bite, but you didn't. You could have called it a flavor punch. But you put pink icing and sprinkles on a delicious lollipop stick. And you called it a cake pop and you're laughing at me? I say toxic masculinity. Which sounds like a good Axe body fragrance, doesn't it? Ooh, toxic masculinity. Oh, I smell bad. <laughs> I think toxic masculinity starts with Little League sports. I remember Little League baseball got hit by a pitch, fall over, start crying. The coach is like, you going to man up or be a little girl? It's like, are those my only two options? I just got hit in the face. May I be a 10-year-old boy? If so, I'd like to quit baseball ever since it hurt my face. <laughs> I learned about the slaughter rule in Little League Baseball. When you're down by nine runs or more, the umpire just ends the game slaughter rule. <laughs> Couldn't you have called that the nine-run rule? <laughs> like, no, we got to let these kids know what happened. <laughs> Why'd the game just end? You know how cows, we have to kill them in mass for people to eat? Well, that's what the other team just did to you. <laughs> uh, we didn't even get to play for fun teams. We just played for a local sponsor. I played for Kroger. Not even an animal, just a regional grocery store. We played one Valley Bank in the championship. <laughs> the, the other coach is like, get out there, Billy. We're representing the third largest bank in the region. <laughs> Doing double-digit growth over the last three quarters. Be proud. <laughs> Mom's like, did you have a good time today? Uh, we got slaughtered. <laughs> oh, did you make any friends? This one kid, Ryan, was also sad. And also I met a bank manager Paul Kronofsky He asked me if I had started a savings account uh, But I was reading a study I, Well, I was reading an article I saw a headline um, it, it was clickbait I, It was spam I gave them my password I lost everything But I saw a blog that said that men in particular have a tough time making friends as we get older. And I was like, oh, that's so true. When I was a kid, it was so easy. I remember Craig moved in next door. He was six. I was just like, oh, you're my age and you live there? That's all we need is age and proximity. If some guy moved in next door to me today who's my age, I would be like, if this guy speaks to me, I will be furious. <laughs> When you're a kid, you just invite them over to come play, and then they come play, and you have so much fun that you're mad when your parents call you for dinner. They're like, dinner time. You're like, get out of here with your food. 
We're experiencing raw joy. That's how good children's lives are. They hate eating. Please let me be excused so I can go back to my life. It's so good. Right? Kids hate eating and bedtime. That's all I have now. I try to slow down eating like, oh, if I savor every bite, I can delay life. <laughs> and it's so, so much harder to have fun with friends at this age. Like, there's no good activities. I call them up like, hey, do you want to get together and eat? That's all I can think of is the most boring activity from childhood. Best case scenario, we don't even have to talk to each other. We can... There could be a big game on. We could just watch other men play. <laughs> oh, and they play so well together. I love watching men play. <laughs> and you hate the ref. The ref calls a foul. You're like, let them play, ref. <laughs> let the boys play. <laughs> hey, you guys, I'm Joe Zimmerman. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I really love that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let the boys play. I'm going to tell myself that. All that that's going to be my new meditation. <laughs> Let the boys play. The boys are me. <laughs> One more time for Joe Zimmerman, everybody. All right, we have a final comic, and they are one of my favorites. So glad that they're here. Please give a warm welcome to Kara Clank, everybody! Keep it going for Rhea, everybody. Just the best. Um, I'm really excited to be here, but mostly I just really need to talk to you guys about the lift ride that I had over here. Um, because a lot of things happened. Um, so I... For, well, do you guys ever like get matched up with a lift person and you can just tell immediately from the photo that he's going to be a talker you know it's just like a middle-aged guy with a salt and pepper ponytail and his face is like you know you're like no he wants me to read his script I don't want to so I usually cancel those and I just like keep requesting until I get like you know a middle-aged woman named Jan who wants to listen to just experimental jazz in, in silence that's what I want you know and I got a woman today, so I was like, great, no need to cancel. And uh, she had stuff in the back of her car, so I had to sit in the front seat, which, yeah, I mean, not my favorite, but okay. Because <laughs> um, like I said, I don't really want to talk. I do this, but that's the only talking I really like to do when like I get to have a microphone and no one, you know, that's how I am. Um, no, so, so she's like talking, is she here? Okay, because she said she might come. <laughs> Um, I just want to make sure before I really dive in. Okay, so she's like, we're in the front seat. Now I'm in the front seat. She's in the driver's seat. We're best friends, right? We're just cruising through L.A. together. And this isn't a paid transaction any longer, but it is. So I'm, she's like, did you do anything fun today? And I'm like, don't do this. Um, uh, no, not really, just work. And I, I need to make up a fake occupation. I know everybody does that because like, you shouldn't say that you're a comedian. It's just too much. It's like, oh, really? Oh my God, 
fun. What kind of jokes? Where do you get your inspiration? It's the worst conversation of all time, you know? And so I, but I say it. I always say it. I'm like, oh, I'm a comedian and a writer. So I was just writing. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. She goes, I have a job interview on Friday to do some writing and I've never written before. And I was like, okay, what's the job? She goes, it's with a producer director. And immediately I'm like, what? Okay. What, what's the job? She goes, I don't know. I found it on Craigslist. Red flag number one. Um, so then she was like, yeah, this guy is looking for an actress slash model to do some writing and producing. I was like, oh, he's really looking for a jack of all trades, isn't he? That's really not a job description that you get. You don't get a lot of like, can you act? Are you beautiful? Can you also like write and create a story arc? You know, you don't, you just don't get a lot of that. Um, then she goes, his name is Elvis and it's kind of weird. Let me show you his picture. Guess what guys? He dresses like Elvis. He's a full Elvis impersonator. And she's like, what do you think? And I'm like, oh honey, like this is just not what? I was like, this sounds where are you meeting him? And she goes, at a Starbucks. And I was like, okay, first good decision you've made since I got in the car. At least it's a public place. She was like, how do you know if it's sketchy? I was like, it is. It just is. This is sketchy. This is very sketchy. Um, so I haven't rated her yet, but I'm just going to like leave her a note that's like, do not go to this interview on Friday. <laughs> Please, Rose, don't do it. Oh, people are so innocent, though. They really just come to Los Angeles to make their dreams come true, don't they? And then they end up meeting an Elvis impersonator who wants them to model. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, okay, let's get into regular stand-up, because clearly none of that was written. Uh, what's going on? Well... I realized when I took this lift, I need to be taking lift line more in Uber pool. I need the, I need the material. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like really all stand up is, is trying to figure out who the worst people are. You know, it's all it is. It's like, who's the worst person? Like, is it an Elvis impersonator who lures young women on to Craigslist to Starbucks? Is it the theater kid that cries when you tell him you've never seen rent? You know? Is it like the couple that lets their baby take his diaper off at brunch because he's on a journey? Like, I don't know. Who is the worst person? Like, for me, for a while in the top of the running, it's just been a very small girl who's in my life. Just one of these girls that's really tiny. And like, you can see that with your eyes. But in case you blink or something, she reminds you like all the time, you know? She's just like, oh, my God, I'm so small, though. Like, I'm so tiny. Like, I'm just the littlest. Like, how is how is air even filling my lungs? They're just, like, so small. Like, what are you guys talking about? I can't hear you. I'm stuck between two fragments of carpet. What is the weather doing? I won't know for a while. I just can't with her. Um... She's also one of these people that has um, a t-shirt that has Belle, Ariel, Jasmine, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, and it says squad goals in the middle. <laughs> what the hell? These women don't know each other. They are from different time periods and places. You can't just assume all pretty women like hang out as a squad. 
like Belle is a bookworm and Ariel is for sure illiterate. What are we, what would they talk? I don't think like Cinderella's calling Sleeping Beauty like, wake up you lazy bitch, we're going to Vegas. Snow White got Coke. <laughs> we're taking Jasmine's carpet, but you have to drive because she has too many DUIs. <laughs> I just like don't, I hate that shit. I hate all the princess shit is the worst. Oh, I just got the light. I wasted most of my set talking about this poor girl's getting lured into a Starbucks. Just realized. I guess I have a couple more minutes. Do what I can with it. Um, yeah, so fuck that girl. Anyway, what else? What else is there to talk about? Oh, I'm married. I don't know if anyone, you could catch the glint off my massive ring. Uh, I'm a married person, and uh, I love being married. Oh, it's like, to me, being married is like the best way to channel old school sexism for when it benefits you. You know what I mean? Like when they call my house and they go, hi, can I speak to whoever handles the energy bill in your home? I just go, energy? What's energy? Y'all gonna have to call back and talk to my husband. I gotta go. I'm not allowed to use the talkie. And then I just... It's so great. Again, I don't have to talk to people, you know? It's kind of my wheelhouse. I love it. I, um, I am married, and I'm in my 30s, and so naturally, people will not stop talking to me about when I'm going to have a kid. Like, when are you going to have a baby? I'm like, do you get a cash prize if I do it? Why do you keep asking me? Um, and I'll do it. I just feel like I'm putting it off for no other reason then I feel like I'm fertile and I have plenty of time. No doctors confirmed it. I just feel it. Is that how it works? Are there any fertility doctors in the audience? Can you just be like, that's how it is. It's a feeling. It's a gentle glow um, that you feel. Uh, because, you no, know, I feel that way because I am one of six kids and my mom is one of 14 kids. Yeah, thank you for reacting. It's a completely stupid number of children. 14 kids is two water polo teams that could play against each other. And I don't see any other reason to do it, to be honest. Um, and I just like, I, I feel like I'm so bummed out that my grandmother passed away before judgmental mommy blogs came around. Cause they, uh, she just would have had the best one, you know? She would have had the best mom blog. My grandmother would have had posts like, how to make your eight middle children feel special. <laughs> Having a fat day? It's because you've been pregnant for 10 full years of your life. <laughs> Lost one of your kids at the mall? Cut your losses. You got a baker's dozen back home. <laughs> it's a numbers game, really. Guys, thank you so much. I'm Kara Clank. Have a great rest of your night. And keep it going for everybody you saw in the show. What a wonderful show it was. Thank you all for coming out. You can give it up for me. Actually, give it up for Ryan in the booth and Hannah helping us out first. Producers of the show, give it up for them. Not for me. Give it up for them. Now you can give it up for me, your host, Rhea Butcher. There we go. Thank you so much. I will see you next week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. 
Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Your hands together. Put your hands together. Bobby's women-led intimates company creates beautiful, purposeful products to make women's lives better. They've created the best underwear ever, combining unique softness with smooth, flat seams that offer a fit so comfortable, you'll forget you're even wearing them. Evelyn and Bobby comes in three silhouettes and one size that fits many, with four-way stretch that moves with you. Visit EvelynBobby.com and use code PYHT to get a free pair of knickers with any purchase. That's a $28 value only when you use the code PYHT at EvelynBobby.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.